Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Wine About podcast. Here I'm going to teach you all about wine in the most simplest way possible so you can get the most enjoyment out of it. Today we're going to be talking about my favorite grape variety, Riesling. Let's get straight into it, guys. Now, there is always a reason for a Riesling in my book. It's an extraordinary grape variety. It's actually one of the world's best, and it's able to make wine in all different styles. Dry wine, yes. I mean, even though there are misconceptions around Riesling's dryness, it also makes ice wine, sweet wine, semi-sweet wine, and even sparkling. Hell, I wouldn't be shocked if someone was making fortified wine with it somewhere. Okay, guys, so I just had a quick Google, and a producer in the Clare Valley, Australia, is making fortified Riesling. So it's official, Riesling can do it all. Now, this grape is one of Germany's most ancient varieties. It's actually said to have originated in the country's Rheingau region. And it's mentioned in documents all the way back to the 1400s. So it's old. And as early on as from the 16th century, Riesling became recognized as you know one of the finest wine grapes in all of the country, which included... Alsace at the time, which is now part of France. And the best sites in Germany were reserved for Riesling and it was enjoyed by all the connoisseurs at the time. German Riesling achieved great success in the 19th century. And can you believe this? Can you believe that Riesling prices at the time were comparable to great wines of Bordeaux and Burgundy? I mean, I must say, I am so glad that German Riesling prices didn't rise like Burgundy and Bordeaux, because for now I can still afford to buy a bottle of the top Rieslings of Germany. Who knows for how long though. When it comes to viticulture, Riesling has thick and hard wood. It's able to withstand the cold German winters and frost. It's a good grower and it can make high quality wines even at relatively high yields, which is about 70 hectolitres per hectare. The grape is also susceptible to noble rot, which means that winemakers are able to produce sweet botrytis wines. Riesling is also responsible for producing some of the longest-lived wines in the world. Top-quality German Riesling can sell it just as well as fine Bordeaux. These wines are able to evolve in the bottle for decades, and they evolve in a good way. You know, they get more honeyed, and the fruit gets more concentrated. The delicious. I actually do prefer, um, just a little side note, aged Riesling um, to like an aged Bordeaux because, you know, the Bordeaux loses its fruit and it gets really dusty. And for me, I think that that's, that's how the wine is evolving, but I do think it takes away from the, the wine itself. That's just a personal thought. And I really like aged whites. Anyway, let's digress. Um, Germany is unmistakably the epicenter of Riesling. It has the most Riesling plantings in all of the world, with approximately 24,000 hectares planted, and it's planted in every single German wine region. Rheingau, Rheinhessen, Ney, and Moselle Valley produce the most Riesling in Germany, and some of the world's top Riesling wines are coming out of the Rheingau and the Moselle. Germany is Europe's northernmost major wine-producing country. I mean, not even Europe's, it's the world's, one of the world's northernmost major wine producing countries. And as you can imagine, it's cold here. It can be freezing. Now, there are warmer regions in the south of Germany like Baden, but it's nothing like the warmth that we see here in Australia. And Riesling shows itself differently in every German wine region. 
It speaks of its land, this grape variety, and as the French would call it, the terroir, which I can't spell to save my life. Um, the character of the wine really depends on the type of soil that it grows in. Uh, so slate soils, like those found in the Moselle, create a sense of minerality. Heavy clay soils can give Riesling more of a citrus fruit aroma, and red sandstone um, is said to lend more stone fruit aromas like apricot and peach. Now, not every German wine is sweet, and this is important, and if you take something away today, take this. Riesling is a great variety that produces wines with high acidity, and the cooler the climate, the higher the acid, and Germany is cold, so you can imagine those acidity levels, and that you can use as like a rule of thumb for every grape variety. So the acidity levels in a Pinot Noir from Burgundy are going to be much higher than a Pinot Noir that's grown under, somewhere in Australia, like the Hunter Valley, even though there's not really any Pinot grown there. You get my point though. So in order for German wine producers, especially from the coolest parts, let's say like Moselle, to produce a more balanced wine, they're going to have to leave some residual sugar. So the sugar, the actual sugar level might be higher in a German wine, but the acid is also higher. So it's it's balancing it out. And if they weren't to leave any residual sugar in that wine, oh my God, it would be so austere. It would be so, so tight. Um, so I digress, but not all Riesling is sweet that comes out of Germany. But almost all Riesling is made in a way to retain its freshness and fruit flavor. And that's typically going to be fermented in stainless steel and won't see any oak. Now Riesling, it doesn't have an affinity to oak like Chardonnay and Cabernet does. I think I've had a few oaked examples from like some small natural producers in Germany. And you know, they're all right, but I think there is a reason why we don't see a lot of them. Now, I want to get a touch technical, and I'm going to talk about the country's Pratikat system. So this is Germany's Pratikat system. It's going to really help you understand the different styles of Riesling that are produced in Germany. One common misconception, and I had this misconception as well at the start, about the Pratikat system is that it determines the wine's final sweetness. Now, confusingly for consumers, it doesn't. And Pratikat wines are made up from grapes that are simply riper. So as the ripeness increases, so does the fruit characters and typically the price does. But I'm going to start at the least ripe to the most. You will see these uh, Pratikat levels listed on the label. So let's start with Cabernet. That's the least ripe. And then the grapes get a little bit riper. You've got Spatles, then Oschles. I actually think my German accent isn't too bad just to toot my own horn. Okay, I'll carry on. Beeren Oschles, Trockenbeeren Oschles, and Ice Wine. And Ice Wine is actually made from grapes that are frozen on the vine. This is actually something that is becoming increasingly more difficult with global warming. Remember to keep in mind that one thing that a Spatles wine, which is made from riper fruit, could be drier than a Cabernet. And remember that those levels indicate the grapes ripeness at harvest and not the end sugar levels. Now, a little tip to help you suss out if a wine is on the drier side or not is check the alcohol levels on the label. So the higher the alcohol, the drier the wine is typically going to be and the lower the alcohol, the sweeter. So if a wine is about, say, 125 to 30%, it's safe to say it's going to be on the drier side. 
Now, while we're talking about all things German, I'm going to give you a few more helpful um, German terms that might assist you when you're shopping for some Riesling. Now, there is trocken, and trocken means dry. Then you have halber trocken, and it's going to be slightly sweet. And then you have fine herb. Now, you you might see this. You see it less often than halber trocken um, because it's an unofficial term, and it's an unofficial term to describe wines that are slightly sweet. In terms of flavor, drier styles are going to have, you know, more characters of lime, green apple, citrus, maybe a bit of steeliness. And sweeter styles made from riper fruit will have more tropical aromas. So you're looking at pineapple, mango, and they can even be a little bit honeyed too. Now I want to step away from German specific Riesling because I wanted to bring up something funny and maybe a little bit funky about Riesling, an aroma that can sometimes be present in the wine. And it's petrol or kerosene. Have you ever smelt a, a Riesling? Typically aged, but it can be present in younger examples as well. And it smells a bit, you know, like you're at a gas pump. Yeah. Now, there is a reason behind that. And actually, it's funny. Some winemakers um, might describe this aroma as toast or lime marmalade instead because no one wants their wine to smell like petrol. So the aroma compound's nickname is TDN. And in small doses, it can it can add some interest to the wine, but in excess, my God, it's pretty undesirable. And let's say you have a young Riesling. It's most likely going to come from a warmer climate, this issue. And if the wine develops TDN early on, it can really overwhelm what is meant to be a youthful and delicate wine. Because if you crack something open and it just stinks like petrol, it's not enjoyable. The formation of TDN and its precursors increase in concentration when the grapes are exposed to sunlight and warm temperatures. There are lots of things that can affect TDN concentrations, even a wine's closure, which I had no idea about until recently. It's actually quite a significant factor. So Australian wine researchers conducted a study using five different closures. The study revealed that cork and synthetic closures absorb more than 50% of the TDN present in a wine over a two-year period. However, wines under a screw cap didn't absorb any TDN at all. Now, this study makes so much sense. Okay, firstly, in Aussie Riesling's warmer climate, I tend to get more of that TDN aroma, but also Aussie Riesling's, most of the time, they're under screw cap. So, of course, they're going to have, that's why they've got more of that TDN um, and it might be the reason why when I do want to scratch that Riesling itch, especially when it's aged Riesling, I am heading to Germany more often than not. Now, I have to say petrol is not the only aroma in aged Riesling. Just keep that in mind. It's not just petrol. They, um, they can be beautifully honeyed and toasty and have this like lemon candy or preserved citrus thing going on. And even with like a lot of age, they can become quite mushroomy, but in an interesting way and have a woodsy spice to them. So hopefully all that information helps you have more confidence when trying to find a German Riesling and what to look out for regarding the sweetness levels. But I want to just briefly touch on other countries around the world that are producing Riesling too. When it comes to France, the only region Riesling is allowed to be grown is Alsace which did originally belong to Germany, and the region was caught in a tug of war for centuries between the two. Alsace is located in northeastern France, bordering Germany and the Rhine River. The river actually separates France and Germany, so on the other side of the Rhine is a German wine region, Baden. 
Riesling is on record of being planted in Alsace as far back as the 1400s. And even today, there is so much Riesling. There's so much of this German grape variety in France um, that it covers about just over 20% of the region's plantings. Unlike German Riesling, Alsatian Riesling is almost always dry. And in their youth, they have aromas of white florals, citrus, and stone fruits like peach. And with some age, they can develop gunflint or stoniness. Some Alsatian Riesling can be quite austere in its youth due to the high acidity and dryness of the wine. Another European Riesling country is Austria. Now, it's almost always second to the country's most prized grape variety, Gruner Veltliner, And there isn't a crazy amount of plantings either of Riesling, around 5% of total. But even with that low number of total plantings, it is the country's second most important and significant white grape variety, especially in Austria's wine region, Wachau. Like Alsatian Riesling, Austrian Riesling will also more often than not be dry, full-bodied and well, full-bodied for a Riesling, has pretty high acidity and with aromas of ripe peach, apricots and a slight tropical thing going on too. As the wine ages and develops in bottle, some aromas of petrol and kerosene can occur. Let's leave Europe and head south to Australia, which is my homeland. So Riesling was planted in South Australia in the Barossa in early 19th century. Now, it's nearby cooler regions, the Clare and Eden Valley, is where Riesling ended up shining. And before the Chardonnay hype, can you believe that Riesling was actually Australia's favourite wine variety? If you were to tell people that today, they would not believe you because no one thinks of Riesling anymore. Well, that's a lie. But from my time working in retail, the most popular wine fridges were definitely Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, then like Pinot Gris, Grigio. But the Riesling fridge just gets ignored. Um, but anyway, I'm going to move on. Now, I did say cooler when I mentioned Claire and Eden, and that's correct when you're looking at Australia as a whole, but when you compare it to Germany, it's still warm. Um, so the style of wine that Riesling is producing here compared to Germany is completely different. So these Aussie Rieslings from Claire and Eden are tight, steely and super dry. They've got loads of lime aromas like lime cordial, citrus, green apples and high quality examples can age very, very well. But often than not, you do get those petrol aromas, something that I'm not a huge fan of, but some people are. There's also a fair bit of Riesling planted in the US. I haven't tasted many or even seen many here in Australia, but I've heard a lot of good things um, you know, on Instagram and just online about Riesling from the Finger Lakes region in New York. Riesling is also grown in small amounts in northern Italy, Spain, Norway, Hungary, Luxembourg, China, Ukraine, the Czech Republic. But I mean, good luck trying to find any of those on the export market. I hope I have taught you a thing or two about Riesling today. Riesling is a beautiful, high acid, aromatic white variety that can be enjoyed dry, sweet, sparkling and apparently fortified. So please let me know your thoughts. Um, you can either you know, slide into my DMs on Instagram or give me a rating here on Spotify or iTunes. Thank you so much and can't wait to teach you something next week. Bye, guys.